Would you like to go on a quest? Oh, it's just so good. I uh, love that song. Welcome to Quest Me, friends. My name is Josh. I am your forever host and friend and creator of the Twist My Arm Network. Um, I am excited to be here tonight to talk all about the book of Boba Fett, chapter two. But before we do that, I have a few people to introduce. I'm so excited for all of this. Oh, my goodness. Well, first, we got Justin. My co-host of the show. How are you today? I'm well. How are you, man? I'm great. I'm so excited to talk I, about this. This episode yeah. was wonderful. It was. And it, this the show, two episodes in, is blowing away all of my expectations. So hopefully we get that from the next two guests because, <laughs> oh, these, these are some good ones. So first up on the list, his name is Chip. He's from the Marvel Can of Madness podcast. How are you doing? Hey, I am doing well. Happy to be here. Excited to talk about some Star Wars. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's a first. I don't, I, I don't hear that very often when it comes. You know, to I was about to say it's been it's been a good solid decade since I was excited about Star Wars. So <laughs> pretty excited. Yeah, yeah. Me too. I am also extremely excited to welcome back the. OG of Quest Me. He was part of season one and he kind of helped kick this whole thing off. And now he does his own thing in the form of the Sudden But Inevitable podcast. He is the host. His name is Jesse. Welcome in, my friend. How are you? I am doing very, very well. Thank you very much for having me, Josh. It has been, what, two years since I've been on an episode of Quest Me? It's been a minute. Uh, it was. No, maybe, no, maybe, it's only been a year. Maybe a one year. Mandalorian one year. season two was last yeah. year. It was October last one year. year. So yeah. yeah well, yeah. you know what? 2021 felt like two years. Maybe that was just me, but I'm just going to throw it out there. But man, I, I got to say, I'm going to get this out of the way right away. I'm just happy as the host of Sudden But Inevitable, a podcast 99% about space westerns. I'm very excited that Star Wars has finally gone back to being a space western. So yeah, for real. And we're going to talk a lot about that in this because this episode in particular was very, very westerny. There were so many western tropes, like, and it was it was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, if if you guys are listening, you've already found us. But if you're watching right now, thank you for joining us in the live chat. You guys can chat with us. We will call you out and say hello and put you on the screen and all that good stuff. Um, but you can find us anywhere podcasts are heard just search for quest me um, i'm working on a new website for the network um, that's going to feature the a new quest me page um, including sun but inevitable marvel canon madness um, all the other network shows that we have so um we'll get into more plugs later on but let's let's get into this because there's a lot to talk about and man was it oh, it was just such a wonderful wonderful episode i remember a few months back uh we were watching bad batch and i was i had such a bad taste in my mouth with that show that i was so worried about boba fett like i was like oh man it could be good it could be terrible i i have no idea what to expect bad batch was pretty eh 
Visions was awesome. I loved that whole little mini series uh, with all the different. Except for anime that one episode, but yeah. Except, right, Roy, if you're listening, ugh, get out of here with that. But <laughs> um, that and that kind of brought my spirits up a little more when it came to Star Wars. So watching the first two episodes of this have just like it's blow me away how good it is and the the love that goes into this show and you can tell that the writers are like just loving every second of their job and and everyone that's involved in the show is loving what they're doing and it's clear when you're watching it because this is just such a good this is my sequel dudes these these whole this is all my sequel right here the other ones be damned <laughs> force awakens get out of here this this is it, Mandalorian, Boba Fett, like Ahsoka. I am fully on board with all of these series that are coming out. Obi Wan, all of it, and I couldn't be more excited to be a Star Wars fan right now. It's, it's I mean, we still got like eight more episodes of this. Oh God, it's so wonderful. So let's get into it. I'm gonna read a summary. Uh, they don't have any of that stuff online on the first like week, so I have to make up my own. Um, so just bear is with it gonna me. Going to be longer than two sentences. <laughs> On this week's episode, Boba is introduced to the mayor of Mos Espa and Jabba the Hutt's twin cousins. While there is most definitely a feud blooming between the Hutts and Boba, we are taken back in time to see more of Boba's transformation from bounty hunter to Tusken Raider. Um, and I feel like that's a pretty good, pretty good roundup for this because we can we can break down what's going on, right? Um, so the first fifteen minutes, it's it's all present day like we, we don't i feel like we're not getting a lot of present day but what we are getting in present day is phenomenal i mean that whole the whole first scene where they're interrogating the the dude from the nightwind gang and and he's just like i'm not gonna talk you know what does he say Ichuta or whatever is that, <laughs> is that a um gang or like uh, an assassin's guild from beta star wars canon that i'm not aware of because they they feel very brand like new. skyrim guild of assassins to me like it's oh, brand, brand new. new like okay. they they just brought it in for this like there's nothing the only uh the only reference for for nightwing comes from like an old old uh role-playing game and it was okay, a wait. ship called is it nightwing night or nightwind night oh it's night it's nightwind wind. i'm sorry nightwind okay but but yes but the only so reference to nightwind is Yes, the the gang is new. Um, but they seem kind of badass until you mention a rancor, and then when they get the little bitches, <laughs> dude, did you see his face? Oh man, just and and think about it. That means that means that in present day, this is only what maybe a year after uh, after uh, Return of the Jedi, maybe something like that, and they still haven't the word still hasn't gotten out that there's not a rancor there anymore what's going on here so like this guy gets dropped in the rancor pit and he's like oh my god what was see now i want to know like immediately when i saw it i was like wait the rancor's dead like it, this has got to be a bluff were you guys uh, on that same boat did you think it was a bluff or were you expecting a rancor to be there jesse you look like you were expecting i had something. i just didn't have any frame of reference so i was like in my head, I was like, okay, if they show me a rancor, it better be a puppet, because otherwise, 
like I'm gonna judge their CG pretty harsh, right? Like, because a Rancor looks a very specific, like puppety, rubbery way, right? So mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I was like, mm -hmm. I'm getting ready to judge this visual. I am gonna be so mean about this visual effect, and then there there was not a visual <laughs> effect because I didn't know if there was still a person in there. I want to say really quickly, hello to Mal in the live chat. Mal is hello, a fan Mal. of Bed Wed Behead and has stopped by a couple oh, of SBI yeah. streams, so I just wanted to say hi. Thank yeah. you. They are always very supportive, and we are happy to have them with us, so thank you, Mal. Yes, thank you for shouting that out. Um, I was, I don't know. I, I, I don't. What did you think, Justin? Did you think there was going to be a Rancor there? or? Oh, man. Like, I was anticipating. I'm like, oh, no, maybe, they, they, maybe there is a new one. And then it was slowly panning into the doors, opening up. I'm like, wait, no, Luke, Luke killed it. It can't be. This is a bluff. Yeah. So, but I mean, is that the only rancor? Like, I'm the, now I'm asking, like, honestly, is that the only rancor, or is that a thing there are a limited number of? Or they're on every well, or a lot of planets that I know of. And okay. uh, uh, Fennec had mentioned something about multiple rancors, I believe. That's what it's at some like. point in a series. She was talking about a. I don't know, some multiple rancors. And also in Bad Batch, Bib Fortuna um, has his own rancor. Like he, yeah, had a, baby. he picked oh, okay. up a baby rancor at one in one of those episodes. So there the could rankling? be one hanging out. Is <laughs> <laughs> <Is> that rankling? <laughs> That's yeah. great. Um, but it, I mean, it's very possible that there could be one around. But from what Fennec was saying, she was just like, ha, stupid. There's not even a Rancor down there. Thanks for yeah. the info. <laughs> I only asked because it'd be a good double fake out later, right? To like throw somebody down there, open the door and have there be a Rancor. And then we'd be like, <laughs> whoa, like, I think that would be cool. But it sounds like that probably won't happen. So, <laughs> Yeah, you never know. I was expecting one, actually. I was like, oh, Were you? He's, got, he's got one. I wasn't expecting a full-sized one. I thought maybe he had a younger one. A little, yeah, and that that would have been the work. most logical thing, I think. You know, is to have that that baby one. But, but I'm assuming if there was a baby one there after the adult one died, that one dude was like, "We're take I'm taking my pets and I'm leaving. I can't kill any more my babies." So, it was it was a fun fake out, and I did like how it, you know, we kind of assumed last or last episode that it was the mayor that was kind of messing with Boba Fett. And so we got to see the mayor, which I love. I love this scene when he goes up to the to the counter and he's like, "I am Boba Fett, and I am here to see the mayor." And the guy's just like, "Boba Fett, um, hang on, um, like, dude, come on, you know, you know exactly who this guy is. Don't, don't, don't pretend." <laughs> but just his his sheer, just like, yeah, f you, dude. We don't care. Um, it it made me giggle. Uh, the, the mayor was a very particular alien, though, that we've only seen like a handful of times, the little like kind of hammerhead thing. Um, I, Chip, what were your uh, what was your first impression of the mayor? Um, <clears throat> unless I'm mistaken, I think they're Ithorians. Ithorians? Ithorians, I, I want to say. I think that's the alien race that are the hammerheads. Star Wars um, fans, am I right, people? Jeez. Shut up, number one. But, uh, but, uh, oh, they can't see that. Yeah, if you're listening in podcast land, I'm wearing a Star Trek shirt. That's the joke. That's the joke. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, God. I totally lost my train of thought. That's on me. I apologize. Uh, what about what about you, Jesse? What were your first thoughts on that, the mayor? 
Was I so? Should I have recognized his voice? Is that a famous voice actor, or a it is famous absolutely actor? Robert Rodriguez? Oh, really? The di- the director, right? The the showrunner, yeah, yeah. showrunner, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, but I mean, like his profession is director, right? Correct. Yes. Yes. Um, that's that's interesting. I I appreciate that. Um, that's it makes good meta sense, right? Like here's the guy in charge, and this is played <laughs> by the guy in charge. Um, yeah. Sometimes that bugs me because it's it's a little on the nose, but when they do it like this, where like I had no idea that's who that was because I couldn't. I mean, there's nothing recognizable about him, right? Um, right? I was happy about that. Now, had that alien been like strumming an acoustic guitar the whole time, I would have been like, "Come on, dude, I don't, I don't need that." But, um, but yeah, I I actually really like the the uh, tone of the mayor. He's very, I mean, snarky and kind of pissy and. You know, <laughs> yeah. fun who's like, interrupting me right now who he was who good yeah. yeah i liked him a lot he was very um if i just last piece is that he yeah. felt like um almost romulan to me if you're a star trek fan listening to this for whatever reason like okay. every every little tiny thing that he could do that was like oh that's clearly a misunderstanding of this circumstance or like what i meant by that was this thing very like wormy and like you know everything is is not exactly what i meant oh dude hello to sincera hey, we Sin love sincera yeah. <laughs> steve steve <laughs> what up um justin what did you think when uh when the mayor basically just executed that dude oh that was lethal i love it <laughs> He, was, he didn't even really raise a finger. He just gave him a look and bow, headshot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. like, it is sick, man. Do you, do you think that's a bit of a misdirect with uh, with them just killing that guy? Because I feel like the mayor's still kind of behind some things. Oh, the mayor and... has a definitely larger role to play. That He's was man. just, yeah, it was a misdirect, like you said, but. Uh, it was still like badass because then it like got you thinking like, oh, maybe he's just a puppet within a puppet within a puppet. Right. And then it kind of brings you into the next scene where he goes to the bar with a, a new song playing by the band. They weren't playing a rendition of the Cantina song, which was a refreshing pace in a bar, um, which, by the way, I love this bar. I love all the different aliens we see. Um, there was there was that one weird alien that like it just kind of looked like the makeup room It's like, yeah, here's a red Sharpie and a, and a white paint thing just just draw on your face a little bit and go sit in the chair and, and we'll film you <laughs> i don't know that i saw that alien have you you didn't see that guy i i can scrub, find it i'll scrub through it again so th- there's a thing that that i don't know if this affects you guys any of you can answer this um so when i'm watching a thing for a podcast which is like how we make most of our podcasts here at the twist my arm network uh right. there are details that i miss even though i'm paying extra attention and it's like I'm in a different attention mode that's somehow dumber. I don't know uh, what the word is. Does that happen to you guys where you're like, I, I sat through, I watched the whole thing, and I somehow missed a fairly large detail? Sometimes. That's why you got to watch it, a, you know, two or three times, right? I got a lot of My stuff problem watch, is the first time I watch <laughs> through something, like with the Marvel stuff, like for our podcast, the first time I watch through something, I'm not even like, watching the show that's my issue like i'm literally like watching through being like okay that's a reference oh that's a reference 
Oh, yeah. that's a reference. Oh, you and do, then, like, so you do that first instead of the other way around. So I'll end up like missing a lot of stuff because I'm like uh, just paying attention to each individual thing and not what's going on. So then I'll be like, right. Wait, why is this dude dead now? Like, huh? Okay. So then I'll have to like go back and watch it like an actual watch through. I should probably change that order, but you should See, you should watch I'm it first and then go for all the all the easter eggs and stuff yeah i'm meticulous about it i watch it just for the entertainment sakes and then i have to like schedule three more times viewing it one for the score one for the easter eggs etc man star wars fans am i right people <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna get so much mileage oh, out of that man. tonight <laughs> josh is gonna mute me from the audio version of the podcast <laughs> Uh, yeah, nah, I wouldn't do that. It's he, great. He it's great. Show. <laughs> You're right. It's gonna it's gonna be a Ricky scenario where he's like, wait a minute. <laughs> I swear there were four of us here. Oh wow, that's not a great um makeup job. But look at that's Guinan's hat. Wow, you guys, yeah. this could get combined oh, right. by the end of this. Like <laughs> Wow. You're right. I didn't okay. even notice that. Horrible. Didn't even notice that. But that's pretty I mean, it looks like Darth Maul with a Sharpie. Like, I mean, yeah. he might pretty bad. do Sabrax grow facial hair. Like, it's like, I mean, he's got yeah. a hat, so he might have the horns that we just can't see. But like, he's got a white Zabrax neck, grow facial hair. I don't think so. I, I don't mean, like the rest of him is sort of a mint chocolate chip cover color. Oh, just <laughs> down to the neck, though. And then it stops. Yeah, yeah that's stops. like that's it's bad. horrible makeup. Like, that's bad. <laughs> I mean, it's actually really bad. And, you know, there's a few things in this episode. I don't know if you noticed, but there's a few different, like, oh, like the next, oh, yeah. with the huts, <laughs> when the huts come in, you can clearly tell that they had a, a hard time making it look like, like not CGI, you know, like, reason, not that it, it was ran bad. out of money. It I, was, mm, it's, it's the, it's the <laughs> way that it, it's, it's the daylight and it's a completely CGI character. And the way that they have to do it in the daylight, it just makes it look so much more fake. If it was a dark shot, like if it was a, a nighttime scene or something, yeah. they would look a lot better. Yeah. But because they did it, and and I actually appreciate that. They're like, well, I don't give a shit. Of course, it's not going to be a, a real thing. Like, it's going to be fake. Yeah, we'll we'll just do it in the sunlight. Whatever. We'll make the we'll make the uh, <laughs> their little the stand sink in a little. Their litter sink in a little bit, and make the little carriers struggle a lot, so it looks like they're real heavy. Okay, um, I gotta ask. Um, like m most of the people in the Star Wars universe, shitty life, right? Like oh, we're oh, seeing yeah. all the all the best characters, right? But most people, <laughs> specifically most humans, right? In the yes. in the Star Wars universe, shitty life. Like that that your whole job and life is to carry around this slug, this pair of slugs. <laughs> like, dude, there has got to be. I mean, like you, those are the people that would join the rebellion, right? Like, so when, when they hear about the rebellion, you know, they're like, okay, I'm the next person to sign up because F this job. Like, I'm totally, I don't like, going to Antonio Brown job. that shit and just like, you keep the saying prisoners job, with like jobs, Chip, up. the prisoners, okay, with, prisoners jobs. with jobs. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Like these people didn't are... sign up for this gig. They're not receiving a paycheck. Like... <laughs> no, no, no. You're that's, that's fair. Um, but a lot of the other humans, I, I, they all just seem to be either in the military or, you know, hauling space slugs. Um, not all of them, I'm, clearly. I mean, right? You know, well, like you said, the main characters. Yeah, that's true. That's that is that's what happens, what happens when, when some space. crazy jihadists show up 
and blow up your totally stable government. Like we're dealing with the aftermath <laughs> of these crazy kids, like completely disrupting our nice, stable government. Of course, it's, it's all shitty now. Like the it's economy's true. in the dumps. How many like, innocent? Look at Afghanistan. How many innocent officers were there on the Death Star? Is that the question you're asking, Chip? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, you know, it's are there, it depends. Are, there innocent, depends. are there innocent Imperials, Chip? <laughs> At what rank, like, at what rank do you become <laughs> no, no longer, like, just a imperial, imperial it's, soldier? Like, it's at a certain your show, rank, Josh, you're culpable, you better drive. You know? Like, what was it for? I'm enjoying what was it. For, like, I, I... like, what was it for Nazis? Like, at what rank oh did God. we stop, like, hunting them down because they were just soldiers? That's oh, a I serious don't... question. Like, at a certain rank, you're culpable. And they, My serious you know, guess would be that there was not a limit. Like, really? Well, Nazis like are Nazis. Any bro. German officer, yeah. The imperial like... soldiers are imperial soldiers. Nazis are Nazis. If you're gonna, okay. if you're gonna follow the emperor, I feel like you know, if you're gonna be on the Death Star doing Death Star things, your job you know, is even, to work even in a place called the Death Star. Called, yeah. If you're just <laughs> mopping up Death Star, I mean, come on. Was that its actual name? There's or no just a nickname. <laughs> like in the Empire, it's actually called like, um, you know, California or something, right? Like. <laughs> They don't call it the Death Star. Like it has right. a much better name if you if you're in the Empire. <laughs> to yeah, that's what these crazy kids are calling it. Well, there's no there's no version of you know going to work at the Death Star that doesn't end up with people dead. Is all I'm saying. So <laughs> yeah. So I, <laughs> but you're Can right. You know, to wrap rail? it back around. To wrap <laughs> it back around, these people are definitely just slaves for the huts. Which you know I I could see. Uh, a little bit of a, a rebellion coming up from that because they looked like they were struggling. And Boba Fett, he's he's a man's man. He's a people's leader. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. this whole Tuscan Raider like story that we're seeing is gonna come back around full circle because he's helped them become, you know, who, who they are. So he's probably not only by the end of this story, we're gonna find out that he's not only helped this one tribe, but he's probably helped a lot of other tribes, and they're gonna come help him take out the huts well, and. and the and all is this. it the title of this, The Tribes of Tatooine? Yes. Yes. So it was like specifically was showing, you know, all of the different sectors of, of life here and how it all seems to be just based on survival. Like everybody is just trying to live in this just awful place. I, I think every time we talk about Star Wars, I mention how they have the worst places. Like it, the. Yeah. And it's it's funny because Tatooine uh, in in Star Wars lore, I'm going to go on a tangent for a minute. In, in Star Wars lore, Tatooine actually used to be full of luscious green rainforests and oceans. And um, it got pulverized by Spice some mining. entity, oh, something like that. Yeah. Um, but but back when it was like luscious and stuff, Jabba's palace was actually a monk palace. And these monks. Um, decided that they needed to get away from there. This is all like in comics and legends and stuff, but like mm. these monks basically took their brains out of their bodies and put them in machines. And so if you actually see at the very like first trailer for Boba Fett, there's a little machine walking through the desert in front of Jabba's palace and it's got a little brain hanging underneath it. I feel and like we've seen that. It's a reference to the yeah. monks, the old monks that used to run Jabba's palace. And so... There, there's a lot of history with tattooing and there's a lot of like, you know, it's it's very, oh man, the way that they did this was awesome. Like I was saying earlier, the writers, they love this material. They they love everything about it. 
and they're bringing in these you know these slave runners to kind of show um how 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 uh how much of a anti-hero boba fett could be i think I... where he's going to kind of save people a little bit but also keep them under his thumb and be like listen you're alive because of me so you're gonna do my bidding i cannot and... help but ask you josh yes how and and chip actually alluded to this in our twist my arm network group chat which i have mentioned before if you want to get into that group chat all you have to do is start a podcast with us <laughs> chip had mentioned in the <laughs> in the chat specifically uh the train job and now that you have been pulled from specifically the world of the mandalorian through the world of firefly how thick are the firefly vibes in this episode my friends like, huge you've They're got a train huge. job you've got him yeah he, he's doing the right thing you know he's just it's it's a space western through and through and that's mm -hmm. like i was saying earlier that's what i loved about mandalorian season one was that it was this is just a straight up space Western. And then in season two, it got a little bit more of like, you know, now I got to learn some Star Wars stuff to keep watching this, which like, <laughs> come on. And now this, which I would have assumed would have been that show because it's Boba Fett. I was like, I'm going to have to learn so much Star Wars stuff to know this show. And now I'm watching it and I'm like, nope, it's just um, Star Wars going, yes, we're Dune. Here we go. And I'm cool with that. Yeah. Like I am. Yeah totally here for this there's a there's a ton of other sci-fi references on this too um, oh yeah uh, and it's it's wonderful the like even even the conductor of the train the uh the little robot dude um he was a huge reference to uh doc doc brown emmett is it emmett or emmick emmett with a t emmett emmett okay so he's actually got i think it's i think it's on the uh, droid but it's it's Arboresh, uh, the Star Wars language, says Emmett on his on his chest. Nice. And it's a huge reference to the trains in Back to the Future because one of the guys that works on Boba Fett also worked on Back to the Future, and they gave, like, a callback to that. Um, but then Jeez, to move... Was he, was he like, 12 when he worked on that? <laughs> well, Back to the Future 3 had the train, mm -hmm. right? So that was that yeah. would have been the latest possible Back to the Future, at least. Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, yeah. uh, Shauna Terpsik, I believe, who did costuming for Firefly, also does costuming for Boba Fett and did costuming for Mandalorian. No shit. Yeah. yeah. There's, and, and you're right. There's so many Firefly references in this. Like, it's it's kind of uncanny. Like, But it's also a lot of fun to, to yeah. kind of see all those things and it's it's a little bit of a different take i mean of course yeah. this train heist yeah. and this was it's a train heist but like you got it with tuscan raiders that's really cool that have just learned how to use speed rocks but we're getting we're getting too far ahead <laughs> we're still we're still on the huts right now because they've those made fatties. some <laughs> fat, fat huts the thing i think that's the thing is it's the fat because if the fat wasn't like if they were not that fat i think it would be easier to render in in a believable way probably, right because probably the, the fat was easy to do with a puppet because you would just put more rubber there but i think that's right. what's making the render difficult because you're right in the daylight and and props to them for going let's show them in the broadest daylight we can yeah they're like, like, we don't we'll, care we'll literally put two suns on them and <laughs> just show you our effects like uh 
at least they went for it, I guess. And but I did also like that they had um, differing uh, makeup designs on their face. That was very yep. That the helped male me. had the tattoo on his chin. Yeah, and he was wiping his face with like a rat. Where that the, was the female was like I didn't understand that. So okay, Dude, that was so, my favorite Justin, part of that scene. It was like he. Uh, He's like, Picture like yeah. the southern gentleman on was... a porch, right? In the in like the Georgia heat, just <laughs> with a fan. Yeah, he's just dabbing. Just I kept expecting himself. Yeah, I did too. That was exact thing. Yeah. I was waiting for him to just pop that little rat in his mouth because like that's mm. that's what a hut would do, right? But the best part of this scene is the Wookiee that's just chilling there, which is a crazy callback oh, to yeah. what, the the comics, right? He, he was, uh, uh, Vader it, Down series is when I recall this character first coming out. It's BK. Okay. Uh, did, Black did, did he get hired Hearst. by Vader? Uh, yeah. He went after, okay. uh, he was with Dr. Afra in the comics to go, uh, I think, find Luke Skywalker at some point. Okay. And it's, uh, it's, uh, Black Kurzentan. Is it Car or Kerr? Is it Is it Kersantan or Carsantan? Is it Car or Carsantan? Carsantan sounds like a name to me, but Kersantan sounds like something Star Wars would do to me. So I I bet it is Kersantan. We'll we'll call him Car. Yeah, I like. Do you think it's pronounced like that? I was thinking the R's were like a uh, (laughs) Wookiee. Wookie. <laughs> this is what you get when you when you watch Quest Me is you get Wookie. Alright, guys, it's been fun. Have and, a good night. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, no, but but it is a really cool character. Um, and for them to be bringing that kind of canon into it, you know, the the, the cousins, the the Wookie, the I mean, you're seeing the like I was talking about the spider or the the brain aliens that that are from like way back in Legends, like they're pulling so much and most of it is for fans like me you know like justin where we're like yes this is awesome but there are new people watching this too that are loving it because it's just so out there like there's so it's a a star wars show and it's supposed to be like crazy and and it's something about a wookie with black hair staring you down and not blinking at all is like (laughs) really intimidating that was well done I did some more like research on that guy too, and he's got like like metal uh, 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 spikes drilled into his knuckles. Like those nice. spikes that are on his knuckles are actually like they're like Wolverine, basically. Like they're just there. <laughs> and he's he's a badass. Like he's worked with Boba Fett. He's worked with Vader. He's worked with Obi Wan. Like, and he's fought Obi Wan. Like, you know, if if they're bringing this in, there's like no stopping them of bringing anything else in no like they, no they it's... could they could bring they could bring in the yusen vong if they wanted to which would be incredible like if if they do it with favreau and filoni i'm all for it like bring in the vong like do it if i ever see, see a like... vong in a trailer i will like oh man i'll cream Hashtag vong so watch. Hard. yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be some steamy nether regions that's for sure if, if that would ever happen oh lordy um <laughs> See, but again like th- what they're doing is just incredible and with with this wookie they're just they're just like just like yeah here you go they're appeasing to Enjoy two it. sides they're like they get the fanboys like us they're like oh this is black Kurt Kurt Santon and then everyone else is seeing oh evil wookie 
evil Chewbacca. That's sick. So I right. love how they're doing that. It's a great pairing. Yeah, and yeah. and it's not being force fed either. They're not forcing anything down our throats like they did with the sequel trilogy. Like they really, <laughs> they really did some things in that trilogy. And 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 God, I know I I love it. I love those movies still. I will still watch them. You know, I'm a Star Wars fan through and through. I still watch Last Jedi. I still watch Force Awakens. I, I still watch all those movies. But the the difference is that I'm so much more invested in these stories. Like, you know, like it's like I was with the original trilogy and and the books that came out. Like, I was so excited to read more Star Wars and to get more Star Wars. It's this is this is what it's supposed to be. You know, so, and they're that's exactly I think how I felt. Like the novels were so good. And like that, that was the future of Star Wars was were those novels and like the live action series that failed several times back in the 90s. Um, that's where it was supposed to go. And then they put out this trilogy that like just kills everything, dude. I cannot stand all the ramifications of this trilogy. Like well, it's all the... I want is Jaina and Jason Solo and they're just like, well, we got Ben. So it's the difference between giving people good characters with understandable, clear motivations and mm. going, don't you love the place that Star Wars is? Like, right. because right. this show and, and Mando are character-driven shows, right? The characters have clear, real super simple motivations that make sense in every situation they find themselves in, right? So... Right. Um, Jinjarin is a bounty hunter. He's basically a cop. So he's always either after a bounty or he is trying to do the right thing because those are the two things that cops are doing in TV shows, right? <laughs> um, so so you, you have a character that you can understand on a basic relatable level, like I have a job to do and a struggle to live through. Everybody has those two things. You know, most people understand the combination of those two things pretty well. So the new the the tv the plus star wars plus let's call it star wars plus star wars plus has the character piece of that down whereas it feels like the new sequel trilogy was like really just banking on you love this setting you will go there to see whatever we want to tell you is happening yep. there here's and here's some old characters that more. you might like and you know and here's, a, because, here's a really because i want to bring Rey, this up like i like ray oh, yeah, i do Rey. like so I like Ray, and I like the some of the some parts of the new movies. But I ask, like, what is Ray's motivation? Right, she's a scavenger. So, what about that jives with? Also, I'd like to save the universe, and I understand that it's a you know it's a tale about how she comes to awaken and feel that way. But it's like you, if you just had a you know farm kid who we know just wants to do good by the world, then it doesn't it need to be explained why he wants to join the, the fight, right? Like right. that sort of thing where it's like, you guys missed the small connective tissues between the characters and the setting in this trilogy. And these are like 100% nothing but connective tissues. And I would almost argue against you saying that it's not force fed because this episode promptly spends 35 minutes in the desert with the Tusken Raiders. If that's not force feeding but, you the Tuscan Raiders culture and backstory, I don't know what it is, but I'm not but saying I, I don't, uh, it's a I don't, bad I, don't thing. I wouldn't say it's I wouldn't say it's force feeding. I'm I'm saying they're they're giving more backstory. And how many of you wanted more backstory on Tuscan Raiders? 
like when you were going into the show were you like you know i'd really like to know more about tuscan raiders and and i want to see their about. face like, i didn't I didn't care about I, them at I, all. I, I, but just really quickly, I hope we never see their faces canonically. <laughs> right. I hope they never I, show I Tuscan wanna, Raider faces I don't ever. See it either. Except, except, I'm going to call this shot right now. The main Tuscan Raider chieftain is going to turn out to be Fennec and in disguise. I think. No, get out of here. No. <laughs> Fennec was Fennec was uh, a warrior. With Mando at this point. Yeah. Because he finds Fennec in the sand. Boba Fett does in the in. Oh, he did find her one. in the sand. See, I also forgot that yeah. that episode yeah. of that that we watched. So but that was real quick. I, I, w- <laughs> I want to get into this. Um, Sinisera says sequel trilogy exists in an alternate timeline where Ahsoka was get not into this beta head cannon thing really and quickly because I think that, there's something there. That's no, it's, very possible. It's they've talked Rebels. about it. I have seen rumors about this where they're talking about how Filoni and like Favreau are trying to reboot the sequel trilogy and that would be the way they would do it is they would call it back to rebels and that one stupid and i i I don't know how i'd feel about it because that's such a like finish and then i'll tell you such a cop out but like that's that's the way they could do it if they really wanted to reset this this whole storyline and do it in a in a proper light i guess they would have to do some stupid ridiculous alternate universe multiversal marvel bullshit Think about it this way, though. Does that not set the precedent for them just bending to the fans at every future possible juncture where they go? I wouldn't, we don't like I wouldn't it want anymore. it to happen. Right. Like it's, I'm, I'm cool with these characters now, and they can make new characters from these shows to kind of circle around, like in in a canonical way. You have the Mandalorian that's way before sequel trilogy and then you just kind of go around the sequel trilogy and and hop over it you know and then start with characters from these going into yusun vong or some sort of other alien you know what i mean one last question and i think i think this would be interesting if we went in order so justin if you want to start and then chip and then we'll have josh um does canon matter Oh man. Um <laughs> Yes and no. I, I hate to be that person. Yeah, because if you're following it verbatim, you're like you want to read canon stories. Canon is the best because that's what is true or been proven, I guess, so to speak. But like the legends or the extended universe is all the fun stuff. That's where like all these ideas for like uh Thrawn coming back, so to speak. And then um everything else going on with the new uh, new age star wars is just more fun that way so yeah hit or miss uh chip ah. i don't know i, don't I know. and i i'm interested to know what you think chip specifically as a comic reader because like canon in comics all the time is i mean it's in the name marvel canon madness i mean you guys do a show about it and it's like <laughs> constantly in comics the canon is is you know okay we're canceling this portion of the backstory or we're you know revamping this or this is official now but that's not anymore um and 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 i mean as a star trek fan we have our whole own complicated history with it so i just i'm i'm asking purely out of interest i don't mean to put any of you on the spot i think as a as a fan i feel like it matters like if you're just gonna 
Like, if you're going to throw these characters through a bunch of random-ass shit over in these comic books and then, like, reference them without any of, like, the ramifications from them mattering, like, oh, here's... Let's remember this cool moment that I had back in then, but none of the consequences of it actually mattered because it's non-canonical. But I'm going to remember it. Like, look, it either is canonical or it's not. And, like, that's when I get annoyed is when they start, like mixing the two without gotcha. actually fusing so, them. So by that logic, you would say we keep the sequel trilogy canonical and we move forward in, you know, potentially a different direction, but we keep that as a thing that has happened and we use that to build from there. No, not at all. You're allowed to like, <laughs> you're allowed to like remove things from the canon, but like you oh, have okay. to declare that and make that, but a right. set thing going forward so like legends okay. the the star wars legends non-canonical so like that is established and gotcha know that moving forward like i see what you're saying so you just don't like to not be aware going aware. in that makes sense like is this yeah. going to be a thing that they're going to say well this doesn't matter anymore or is this an official thing that makes total sense i was definitely confused and uh, i kind of like what they've done with um with their canon like obviously again the the sequel trilogy is not my favorite story, but they could pivot from that with characters that they've that they've brought in with other properties. And they've used a lot of Legends properties. See, this is where I think they were kind of brilliant in it because they put all these stories as a Legends. Like, these are stories that people have told that have been misconstrued and misspoken through time, just like any other legend, any other like human legend that we have. You know, when we talk about Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster or whatever, like, there's stories, <laughs> there's stories that have been told through time. But I mean, every myth has a bit of truth, right? Or every legend has a bit right. of truth to it, right? True, so true. just because of it being passed down for so long, all these stories have now become legends. And so I like that they've done that because they can pull from that. They can pull characters like they're doing with this Wookiee, like they're doing with Thrawn. They can pull those characters and use them and tell their actual stories. Yeah, you've read the legends. Those stories are awesome. Those are great. But let's tell you the real story. So, and and I and I like that to a certain extent as as long as they're not as long as it's just not too crazy you know what well, I so, mean just, just well, the keep only it grounded I, so that's <laughs> what I'm saying is because the the only reason I ask is because for them to di to do anything that would say like okay those three movies are not official anymore I mean that would be, uh, be that huge. would be big right I mean like that would be mm -hmm. big like people there'd be people, a lot of blowback there'd be a lot of there'd like. be a lot of blowback there'd be a lot of really happy fans too but i think there would be a big group of people that are like okay then wh why <laughs> then why did you make those movies right so right. which i think would be a fair question and and i again i purely ask because i was interested to see what you guys thought about it not because i'm like you know this is how the star wars fans are cuz trust me as a star trek fan we we get bad about it i know no, and star wars <laughs> fans are pretty bad about it too but i i'm totally cool with the sequel trilogy being part of canon but take those stories and and kind of try to build off of them you've built off of less star wars you've you, i mean you've taken we've got a whole show about Boba stories, Fett. Uh, right right <laughs> right which they pulled from legends i mean that's what i'm saying like they pulled some good storylines like, right mandalorian i mean who knew that you were going to fall in love with that show so so much oh, man. but i mean they, they pulled that out of their ass you know and 
and they did a great job with it they can do that with stuff after the sequel trilogy and and i mean a lot of it is is establishing things like the tuscan raiders and what they're all about and where they've come from and showing more of the underground world of of star wars i love that love that they're going into more of of the the grounded aspect you know more of the war in the star wars instead of just the fantasy in the star wars and obviously it's all fantasy still but just i mean this whole this whole train job like you know boba fett went and first of all he goes to the tashi station and meets up with some deep cut star wars characters that were in deleted scenes of a new hope they were luke skywalker's friends and that was literally the Tashi station that Boba Fett went to to beat all those dudes down. And I want so, to go to the Tashi station for some right, power uh, converters. The, 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 he went to go beat the Nikto Swoop gang while, uh, and their names are Cami and Fixer. Are there are Luke Skywalker's friends' names? Underage but, um, drinking. I thought that was a because it's space, <laughs> right? <laughs> but that was a really cool deep cut, you know, and mm-hmm. and just kind of showing this underground stuff and. First of all, let's talk about this Tashi Station scene because I would be terrified to see that man in that outfit with a stick and a rifle coming in. He, okay. You know you're about to get wrecked. He's in <laughs> he's in pajamas though, right? Like Bobo spends this episode in pajamas. He's got like, a point. This is kind of <laughs> hey, Jeff. Thanks for this joining is like us. This like a like a scary like okay, this guy's clearly unstable sort of way, right? Not like, oh, here's a trained <laughs> right. killer. It's like, oh, hi, guy in his pajamas with a stick. Like, Are you all burnt and crispy looking? Acid burns and stuff. Uh, he, just, he, he just, he's ready to mess some, some people up. And... But they react correctly. They're like, I'm just going to reach for a weapon. I think I think this is when we reach for a weapon. <laughs> yeah. I love that stuff. Hmm. Like that, that action scene was one of the best parts of this whole episode um justin what if we're gonna pull like one of our favorites like action scenes would would the tashi station be there or would you pull from something else i i like the tashi scene like i thought it did good from a deep cut too like only like only certain people deep dive deep into the deleted scenes from old school movies like that but to me that i was like holy shit i just made the connection and then that that felt good. Uh, I did not. I was like, "Oh, those people look like 1978." <laughs> yep. yep. Um, what What about you, Chip? Was this Was this one of the Was this the best action scene, or would you say there were better action scenes in this episode? Uh, I feel like there were better, but this was a really quality one. Yeah. I enjoyed agree. it. Jesse, are you on that same? Are you on that same page? I think so. I, <clears throat> I am a sucker for a train chase, and um, okay, it's probably blasphemy for me to say this, but I think speeders are pretty cool. Um, Dude. and they, <laughs> they, they do a pretty good job of making the speeders cool in this episode. So, it, like, I'm, I feel like I might be one of the. Okay, maybe I shouldn't say that. I have no idea what you all want but um i'm i'm ready for one more pod race personally i i'm oh that, that's where right? i'm at but oh my god if you're gonna give me a train heist on speeder bikes i mean that's pretty close i feel pretty satisfied with this episode for a lot of reasons personally 
Well, See, and, I, and they, I feel like they had a pod race or like a pod engine on this train. Like Justin pointed it out earlier before the show. He oh, like, yeah. Pod engine. Oh, the booster. Yeah. <laughs> what did I say? Like yeah. the, the intake is perfect and then it closes up like an asshole. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but the sounds, the sounds were identical. I promise That's you. Just you, how you carburetors work, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> if you cut a scene from the sound clip in uh, episode one and then compare it to this, identical. Right, Jeff even chat. says, oh, disappointed Boba didn't say Time for some thrilling heroics. <laughs> and then Jeff Allen got the Firefly train heist vibes we were talking about earlier. This is yeah. great, you guys. There's how much? Plenty of train yeah. heists. You guys are doing. This is Simpsons did that. No, that you can bring this back down to. Uh, no, we're doing space great train robbery with nineteen seventy eight with Sean Connery and Donald Sutherland. A true western movie. Well done, Justin. <laughs> we were just pull, saying it was pull. a space Simpsons western thing. We're not saying it's a Firefly thing. Although you guys Firefly are hung up on the Firefly. One of the best space westerns. Even though I do like it after I, you finally watched. I hosted a freaking podcast about making Josh watch Firefly because he liked Mandalorian. <laughs> Justin, of course, I'm going to bring it up. <laughs> no, and and the train heist was top notch in this episode. Like, if it's definitely one of the uh, single, yes, yes, he was absolutely. Sinisteris asks, wasn't the sheriff in Mando armor in season one riding a single pot engine? Um, and yes, it was an Anakin was. pot engine, wasn't it? Didn't we kind of think uh, it, been... it was yeah. very close to it, and and people think it, but it was never. I think really if you like go back and listen, I think Josh think it was. I thought it was. I too, definitely, but... I definitely like brought up <laughs> pictures and like all sorts of stuff. Um, but this train heist is definitely one of one of the the top space western train heists that I've ever seen, and it's yeah. a lot of it's because of the build up to it. I mean, that whole training montage with with him fighting the Tuscan warrior and getting his ass kicked, and then also with them driving the speeders, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and them like trying to jump from speeder to speeder, and like just that. That whole montage was so much fun, and it made the train heist so much, um, so much better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because because they worked for it, they worked towards it, and I have to and ask. Like they, yes, because I so Josh, you know this about me, Justin and Chip. You probably don't. I get pretty emotional when I watch television because I get really invested. Um, so especially <laughs> if it's a space western. Don't worry. Yeah. Thank you. I suspected so that about you, Jesse. When <laughs> I, I try to wear my heart on my sleeve. So when Boba spends, what, 70% of this episode under the Tuscan sun training these guys how to work their speeder bikes, right? The final jump where that Tuscan lands the jump and doesn't fall off, you, I was like, you know, ah! Yeah, yeah, a little tiny bit, little tiny bit misty-eyed. I was yeah. like, "You got it, good for you." Because I was like, "You know what? That Tuscan has a has a parent somewhere that was like, you know, he's gonna do this one day." And and then he did, and it made me feel really good. I just, I, you're totally right. Like the the community aspect, the going back Hi, to Jeff, what Star Wars, going back to what made Star Wars fun was that lived-in quality of it. Right, that everything looks old and dirty, and people have been here for a while. That's the Tuscan Raiders in a nutshell. So, yeah, perfect spot to stick our main character to get people reinvested in the Star Wars universe, if you ask me. Right. And can we just give, man, can we give a, a, a Tamora Morrison moment? Because that dude is crushing it. I, I didn't, oh, yeah. he's a oh, yeah. wonderful actor. Like, yeah. and like the way that, that he starts teaching these guys how to, how to ride the, the bikes and stuff is just, 
hilarious. I mean, he, he comes up and he's like, he's like, like a bantha, you know, like a bantha. And he does like, the, you know, I got a picture of him here because it's just, he's having so much fun. And I love that tomorrow Morrison is, is still doing this and he's still involved and he still loves the material. You know what I mean? Because, because you can tell like when, when that Tuscan jumps over and he, and he gets on that bike and you see Boba Fett's face, uh, just that satisfaction and that like, yes, we've got this, we're gonna do this. And it's good. Like that's, that's what gets you misty eyed, you know, and it's, it's the, the selling it, he sells it so well. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just want a, a huge shout out for, for Morrison because he is crushing this role. And I, I think he's doing a, a, a better job than any of us could have possibly imagined. He was great as Django Fett. I loved him as Django Fett. You know, he was a great clone head that they used for every single clone. He did a wonderful job. But, like, differentiating those characters from Boba Fett, he's done masterful. This is the thing. Oh, that's a good, actually, you should highlight that comment from Roy. The Tusken Raiders martial arts, gaffy stick arts are so akin to the way the Jedi respect their weapons and their forms and things like that. That is a good point, Roy. Um, I, I think the thing that... I I think the thing that I like the most about the Tuscans is that they are realistic in a way, it, like we were saying earlier, with everybody in this show is just surviving, right? And they mm-hmm. they seem to have this brutal practicality, like there's there's no un, nothing unnecessary about their life, right? Like it's all a hard life, um, so they're they're almost like taken aback when he's like did you know that you're like it's okay for you to thrive they're like are you sure like you know that's got there's definitely some colonialism um metaphors going on here and a lot of that can get internalized things like that but just to see you know two character two groups of characters that kind of don't have a lot of dialogue i mean there's so much mad max and firefly and star wars in this star wars right like it's so spacey and so westerny all the time like all every it, yes. single dial is cranked to 11 on this show and, and this and this is such a cowboys versus indians thing here too like yep. the the reference that they're making just with that alone you know yep. and stealing from the rich giving to the needy and you know giving ancestral lands back to the people that are from there it just the the you know i i i really got to emphasize this feels so much like season one of Mando to me. And Absolutely. I think that that's why I'm more excited about this show than I expected to be because and the, the first thing I thought was, why would you do that? Like, I thought you made the Mando show because you didn't think you could make a Boba Fett show. So you just made Mando and put Boba Fett in it. And I was fine with that. I didn't mm-hmm. think we needed a Boba Fett show, but now I'm like, okay, this is pretty cool. Yeah, and they're doing it without having a cutesy character. N- no offense to Grogu, I love that. I love that little little guy. But Mando, one of the main reasons that show got so big was because of Grogu. You know, obviously um, the the story is awesome. That that whole introduction of Mandalorian, I was hooked at the beginning. But then once mm-hmm. they brought in that that new, you know, you're like, oh yeah, I love Grogu. And then he uses you know he uses the Force, and you get more mystery from him. The, the mystery oh, are you talking is... Baby Yoda? Oh <laughs> I was confused about who you were talking about. So, okay. okay, I get it now. 
they did give that character a name at some point, and then they were like, it's probably too late. Yeah, <laughs> and it was too late, for sure. It was, yeah. But, but they're doing a great job with establishing Boba Fett as his own badass. Because as, as Scar said in our last episode, Boba Fett had six lines in the original trilogy, but got blown up so much that everyone thought he was this big old badass and no one really knew anything about him other than a couple books and stories, you know? And, and they're really doing a good job of, of establishing Boba Fett and, and, and so, you know, and, and doing it without having to, to use any sort of cutesy things. See, no, I that's just, Grogu. love him. I just love him. get I a so two, I get a too big of a feeling that this is my, like too close to dances with wolves. You guys get that oh, feeling? I had to sleep he's, with this native he, girl to know imperialism was wrong. <laughs> oh I saw that he's on Twitter. A, it's not mine. He's he's an out of place person, and he's found by the native tribe, and he's honed into the culture. He won the affection. Uh, he earns his pride by getting a gaffy stick. Like it's it, it's parallels. They, yeah, parallels it a lot. Or Avatar, will you? They literally ended the episode with a dance. Like yeah, I'm glad you yeah. said. I was literally I was gonna I was gonna reference that because like they literally danced with Boba at the end. And I was like, dances with Boba. Just in case you didn't get it. Just in case you didn't get that connection there. Don't worry. He was dancing I, with Boba. Since Sarah wants us to to remember, dances with wolves did choose that. Uh, I yes, um, but. It was. I just. I loved the phrasing that I had seen that reduced to, um, <laughs> but it is also. You know, it does go a long way to explain all of the trailers that we saw for Boba Fett, where he was like, "I intend to rule with respect." We were all like, "Don't know what that means," um, but okay, I guess I'll watch Boba Fett. And <laughs> what he means by that is, I will respect the cultures and the fashions of the people that are already here. And then right. I will work within those to make a mutually beneficial agreement for all, which right. is doesn't quite fit into a trailer. So I see why they didn't say that. Yeah, um, I do like Sinister did bring up a little earlier that uh, Sherrod Het is allegedly a Jedi Tusken Raider, the only Jedi Tusken Raider I believe to ever exist in any sort of Star Wars lore. Um, and from what I understand some of those stories are pretty cool. Um, well, and but... Het sounds a lot like Fett to me. I've never heard of yeah. Her. Didn't oh really? and by the way, did we get I don't know if you got this out in your last episode. Isn't the young Tuscan Raider played by Jimmy Kimmel's son? Um possibly. I didn't you know, I didn't actually look cool. into into those. Um yes, Wesley Kimmel is the Tuscan kid. Joanna yeah. Joanna Bennett is the Tuscan warrior. So yes, she yeah, I so I saw a couple people posting some it. other photos of her. It. Yeah, she's she seems to really be uh capable. Yeah, and her character crushes it too. Like I love that whole love the whole training character. with Boba Fett, where she just kicks his ass the whole time. Even when even when he finally he gets the gaffy stick flip, and he's thinking he's all badass, she just rolls over, catches it, and then trips him. And it's like, nope. <laughs> she she's she's a badass for sure. Do you think she's really just Roy, paid really? Voice? I don't I don't I don't believe that's true. Picture it didn't happen. Autographs, um, or it didn't happen. <laughs> uh, for those of you listening and not watching, Roy in the live chat has claimed that his wife is related to Kevin Costner. Ellipsis, just saying. LOL. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't recall Kevin recording a intro for our podcast, Roy. So, <laughs> kind of, 
Huh. You know, Marvel staple Kevin Costner has Listen. has yet to record his intro for MCM. Surprisingly, <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's Phase Five. Just like, don't jump the gun. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's just a couple other things I wanted to talk about before we get into segments. Um, I mean, we the train the train heist was was excellent, um, and it really you know solidified Boba Fett's kind of. Uh, transformation into a Tuscan Raider because he is now part of their their tribe. Um, I love their interaction with the Pikes. That was the Pike Syndicate. That was that the is, Pike. Yeah, I was going to ask. They're they're uh, transferring the spice, um, which there's your you know a Dune reference that you know it's I don't know they they, they made a lot of those, <laughs> but but the spice thing is really cool because that opens up some doors for some things. Um, I mean you. Justin, you mentioned earlier that there's it could be puppets among puppets. Um, you got the mayor that's the puppet of the twin huts. Yeah, and then we're thinking that the the night whatever gang is, you know, the puppets of the huts as well. So mm-hmm. who's controlling the huts? Because at Wait. one point Fennec did say to Boba, if we're gonna kill them, we need permission first. Who do they need to get permission from? So there, there's saying- a hierarchy here. Are you saying that the mayor is a dirty little hut puppet? Yes. Ha. Um, my what I am right there. What I, <laughs> what I took from that, from him saying we need to ask permission, was that like there is some kind of to me that screams the word guild. Like, is there a guild yes. of huts or a guild yes. of assassins or? There's See, a, I got there's more a whole, of a. He, they have the to whole, contact the dawn. Like you have to get the well, dawn's permission to take out the boss. But who the that? fuck is the dawn? So oh, right. the, and and here's here's what I'm hoping for. Here's what I really want. She's already involved in all sorts of Disney things. Her name is Amelia Clark, and she played Kira in Solo, who which would have taken over the syndicate after Obi Wan killed Darth Maul in Rebels for the second, third, or fourth time. However many times Darth Maul died, he finally died on the sands of Tatooine, and that would have put Kira above him, leading those syndicates and those different gangs. So it's very plausible that at this point they're gonna have to go visit kira to be like hey we we own this now this is ours and there's going to be some sort of battle between the bounty hunter guild because that's kind of what what they're leading towards is that there's a a guild of you know you got the huts you got the the bounty hunters you got the the syndicates that are doing the spice running like there's but it's all connected somehow and so i uh... really think that it's all going to come back to her I, i hope so at least it'd be awesome that was the Black Suns, right? Yes. Um, this is from the, the Solo crim- movie cri- that we're talking Solo would have been Dawn. Crimson Dawn. Crimson Dawn would have been oh, Solo. Okay. Black, Black Sun Syndicate Black was from... Sh- yes, it was was originally mentioned in Shadows of the Empire, which is why Sinistera, I think Dash Rendar will come in at some point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it was also referenced again in Clone Wars, the final season of Clone Wars. Um, Darth Maul was talking to the Black Sun, the Crimson Dawn, like all those different syndicates so okay um it's again it's it's very possible that they're gonna bring kira back jesor and prince jesor was actually in clone wars they claim that it was Jesor, but they claim that it wasn't but it's it's very very close to the to the same um character design from you know shadows of the empire and stuff like that so there's a lot of characters that dave filoni has subtly brought in and and he's going to start wrapping back around and it's, it's a great time to be a star Wars fan for sure. I haven't watched 
any of the animation really like oh you have to man you don't yeah. have to you're good you can watch essential <laughs> no, episodes. don't listen to there's them. essential episodes that you can yeah, watch yeah you can like make the story make sense but you don't have to waste your time on nine seasons of the filler shit because don't watch the filler nine seasons Maybe it's eight thank you, Chip. Uh, Chip and I don't frequently agree, ladies and gentlemen, but thank you on that, Chip. Like, come on, I'm not watching nine seasons. Nine of seasons. Not gonna happen. I think I'm gonna watch nine seasons of something online. Like. <laughs> there's lists there's online a list on Disney Plus. You have oh there, yeah, there is one on Disney Plus. It's the like list. the essentials of Clone Wars, and it's like, 25 not, episodes. No, 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 like how like long? One were season, the Clone basically. Wars? Well, it had to be 22 uh, minute episodes, right? It had to, yeah. Be. Yeah, but like, the Clone Wars in in canon, I believe, was like ten years. Okay, twelve. Okay, are there any Hut Jedi? I God, think I there so. was one. I think there was <laughs> one. I saw it. I've seen. I've seen an image of one, and it is you... everything you hope it was. Like it's the fat say... little slug. He's got the. Uh... They should have. Oh, it's Pixie from Project Podcast. Hi, Pixie. We're talking Star Wars. I know that you like <laughs> nerd things. Um, I'm picturing the huts to have like repulsor yes, belts, agreed, like um, like the Harkonnens from Dune that lets the huts like float around with their lightsabers as Jedi. But I, because they, be they, cool. they don't move, right? Like the huts you... can't move. They move with the, he moves with the force. He doesn't need a little hoverboard. He literally but you can't, how fast around. can he? I mean, I've seen Yoda be quickly be quickly. I've seen Yoda be quick <laughs> with the force, right? With but a swiftness. hut, <laughs> yeah, like us. The, the 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 live nature of a hut, I don't think, is something that would surprise me. <laughs> I oh think. Look, the only hut you're familiar with. Are these like overfed gangsters that are sitting on thrones, oh. not exercising and doing their lightsaber forms? So you're like, saying you haven't seen, you haven't even seen a hut in <laughs> you're saying physical condition. A hut with two T's is like thick with two C's, and and a regular like well like a good in shape hut is closer to like a snake style alien. Hey, is man, that what you're telling me? It's possible we don't like a snake we just with abs. <laughs> we just don't know. We need to get a fo- a dedicated Photoshop person for the network so they can start photoshopping like a snake with abs, and then a hut with repulsor board technology and lightsabers. Like, wait, if you're out there and you, you want to be a, a, a really podcast Photoshop guy, hit us up. Just a oh, really man. buff hut would basically be like a Uanti. Just you know. <laughs> I yeah, I just I I don't know what that is, but I believe you. All right, <laughs> reeling it back in. Uh, the last thing I really wanted to discuss was that ceremony at the end. <laughs> this, the Tuscan ceremony was one of the best parts of this episode, and it, it really wrapped around this whole story of Boba Fett becoming part of part of the tribe. You know, and and I think that this. I mean, I'm hoping. I, I really, really want to see more of the present day story. Um, we've we've only gotten so we've gotten so little of it. You know, it's this episode was 48 minutes long and we got 12 minutes of um, the, the present day. You know, last episode was 30 minutes long. I think we got 10 minutes of the present day. So we're not getting a lot of of what's happening. But I'm hoping that this story solidifying the fact that Boba Fett now has, you know, um, allies in different places. We're going to start getting into more of the meat of this syndicate, this this gang stuff. And 
and I am stoked to get to move on into into this season. Um, I think we got, I think it's ten, eight, eight or ten episodes of Boba Fett, and I, it's just, it's only going to get better from here. I feel like. Um, Do you guys feel like you could draw the back to tank by memory yet? Because I mean, <laughs> I, like I get it. Okay, like I, I, I get it. Like they got to have him in there. Um, right. I just, it, it was like. How many establishing shots do I need? Like, I get it, dude. He's in the tank, okay? I assume if he's not walking around, he's in the tank. I get it. That's fine. Sinister like, was uh, Robert Rodriguez, by the way, that was the mayor's voice. Yes. Oh, he asked if we recognize it, so I assume oh, yeah, he yeah. knew. Yeah. Um, that was one of the first things I asked, actually, Sincera, because I was like, I was probably supposed to recognize that, and I didn't. <laughs> um, there's a really choice meme of the mayor on my Twitter. If you go to my Twitter, at Sudden Butt, I got to tell you, I'm really proud of this meme, and we'll probably, we'll probably add it to the other feeds here live on the show. So, <laughs> uh, didn't, Yeah, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find that meme. Don't you worry. I'll find it. I'll, find it. <laughs> I'll bring it, it up. I'm going to give it the big fat RT. <laughs> the big fat RT. Those are just, that's just one of the perks you get to <laughs> become part of the Twist My Arm podcast network. You can get chips fat RT. <laughs> I have not seen this yet, but this is incredible. Oh, you haven't I'm seen still, this yet? No, I, I'm just downloading it right now. This is this is awesome. I can't I can't believe this. This man this I'm is so an original TMA meme from from QuestMe. Hashtag QuestMe. <laughs> it's gonna get shared all over the place because wow, is this incredible? Um, where did I download it to? There it is. Um, yes, yes. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So Boba this goes it. with Fennec to the mayor, and what does that mayor say? <laughs> that mayor says, "Stop trying to make fat happen. It's not gonna happen." <laughs> Fennec. So I was when when Josh was like, Hey, do you want to be on Quest Me tonight? I was like, Okay, I'll do that. And then I watched the episode and I was like, Okay, that was way better than I expected it to be. And as I was sitting there getting ready for the show, I went, Fet, fat, fat. What does that rhyme with? Well, it rhymes with Corvette, but somebody already got that one. So uh that's how that meme came to be. I'm pretty proud of it what do you think I, pixie it's you are totally into nerd things as you have confirmed here live in the chat what do you think stop trying to make fat happen yeah I, I mean we're gonna have to make this uh we're gonna have to make this uh, a viral thing because this is incredible <laughs> i'm gonna the make a meta just... meme about <laughs> jesse trying to make this meme happen <laughs> but yeah look at his eyes look at that dirty little hot just, puppet just... he's like hey. <laughs> He's such a he's such a skis space oh, it's desert wonderful. skis. Thank you, Jesse, for making that meme. That's uh, that's probably the best thing we've seen all week. <laughs> My pleasure, Cap. God, I want to make a <laughs> Finnick Wieners meme now. <laughs> oh, God. Did you guys have any other notes that you want to talk about before we get into our segments for this week? We'll um, talk about the tripping lizard. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> that was a that Boy. was awesome. Yeah, yeah. lizard samba. Go ahead, Justin. That was just one of the weirdest things, and kind of most unexpected, I think, for me in a Star Wars, in a Star Wars, right? You don't yeah. see drugs in a see Star Wars. See a drug War. reference? That was yeah. amazing. Because uh, I mean, you do see them, but you only see them in a shameful light. Like, go home, yeah. rethink your life, right? Not, yeah, <laughs> not like, dude, you want a hit of this entire freaking lizard, like? <laughs> but they, they do, like they they portrayed it as in like, hey. 
let's go on the spiritual journey and then you'll come back a changed person just dude like that lizard person. literally crawls up in your brain and presses on your pineal gland he's just like Boba. here you go third eye wide open buddy Bubba was like was like okay so is there a pipe or and then just boom like he was just man one hit wonder <laughs> I love his, his initial reaction he's like a lizard thanks i'll Great. let it guide me yeah yes and then he just like i love all the tuscan just like poof. you know how you did to like your siblings you get water on your hand and just <laughs> like that's that's what he did with the spice that was spice too so like was it he they totally just did some drugs in the desert so he... they just did some some tuscan peyote is what that was <laughs> here's our he here's definitely our... didn't inhale the lizard our live chat matthew mcconaughey quote from sincera Y'all want to get freaky with some nose lizards and trip through the desert? <laughs> I mean, it seems like something Matt would do. I can call him Matt because, you know, of the impression. So, <laughs> thank you, Sincera. I do that. that. That's really good. Oh, man, that's going to be a drop for sure. <laughs> I've been riding a bantha since long before they was paying me to. <laughs> that one that one dipped a little Forrest Gump at the end. It, it, I was going to actually say, my Matthew McConaughey has a reputation of dipping Forrest Gump at the end. And I think it's because I think that's how he thinks. Like, not to be mean. Right. Not to be mean. Like, I think that's the, the uh, cadence that he thinks at, if that makes sense. Sorry, Matt. Oh, man. I know sorry, you're listening. Matt. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. All right. All right. Mama. I'm sorry, Matt. That was that was wonderful. Thank you, Sincera. That that I just I gotta applaud that because and and thanks Jesse for for making it come to life because that's pretty much what it was, right? <laughs> like, yo, dog, you want a trip? And Bob was like, uh, I don't really. Uh, and like, he's like, was I supposed to swallow it? I think I did. And then like, you know, it was so, it was just like any other like teenage movie trope where they're like. Nah, man, you're doing it right, doing it right. Okay, so I... <laughs> Are you feeling it, bro? Feeling it, bro? Feeling it, bro? Feeling it, bro? Exactly. Um, I, I like to think I'm pretty all right at reading metaphors in the stuff that I watch. Um, and I get the whole tangled in the guts of the sarlacc and the branches of the tree. Did he actually just climb a tree, though? Like, was that... Was it just he climbed a tree? Right, like... He actually was Probably. just tripping by climbing a tree, right? Like, because he well, came he back with a, a branch. I mean, on a trip, man. <laughs> right. He went on a trip, right? But I mean, what I am to understand was that he got wrecked, climbed a tree, broke one of the branches off, brought it back, and was like, "Dude!" And they were like, "You did it! Like, congratulations!" <laughs> and and I'm, I'm not, I'm not belittling it. I don't mean to make it sound reductive. I mean to concisely, you know, summarize what happened. It's like an episode of Star Star Wars Cops. We got a bounty hunter in a tree just <laughs> screaming about Jawas over here. He's like, no, it's a Sarlacc. And we're like, dude, it's definitely a tree. <laughs> you need to come down. Jesus. It's digesting you. Doing that from the uh, outer perspective. I think it's crazy that they're like nomadic, but this lizard's clearly part of a ritual that they do to like. Are they nomadic? Because they seem to just live so. right there in that one square. <laughs> I think like, I think that's their that's their area because they described uh, when uh, before they did the trip, you know, the spiritual journey. They oh, talked the about tribes. how there's different tribes throughout all of Tatooine, and so I think they are just planted right there. 
Um, okay. This comment he, he right did, here. He did find a tree in the desert. Roy says. Yeah, and that's what I was gonna desert. say. Like, so this lizard takes you to like the one tree on Tatooine. Like, yeah, I mean, it's maybe it's the your, lizard can smell things that you journey. can't smell. Yeah. Right. And From it's, inside and your it's skull. your <laughs> Tuscan journey to get your gaffy stick to become part of that tribe. You know what I mean? So, mm. so that lizard is definitely in tune with Tatooine and knows where to go and i i think it's it's more of a you know the tuscans don't know where to go like this this lizard is your guide this little geico lizard is going to take <laughs> you to the promised land get you a tree and some sticks and and i think that it was perfect because it was like you have to go on this journey by yourself here here's your tiny little guide that's going to go press into your brain but you have to if you want to become one of us you have to do this on your own and you have to do it the right way and I thought that was awesome. I love well, that whole scenario of, of him becoming part of the tribe. And I really like it because it visually and contextually rhymes with Star Wars itself without going, also maybe Boba Fett's a Jedi, right? Like they're not making every character a freaking Jedi, but they're going, hey, what if, uh, what if Boba Fett went into the dark cave that the little green lizard sent him into? Like what happened to Luke, right? And Luke goes in there and like has a freaking mental breakdown and he's like, ah. But Boba right. goes in there and he's like, cool, get the stick, break back out, build a bat. Got it. Like, because <laughs> Boba can, you know, Boba's been to parties before. So. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, he's been to a few a few parties, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but no, that, that scene was great. Thank you for bringing that up, Justin. I kind of forgot to, I don't know how I glazed over that. But um, it all in all, this episode was incredible. It's it's laying some great foundation for the rest of the season and it's doing it a little bit quicker than the mandalorian did in season one i think um which is wonderful i think they kind of took that feedback from mandalorian where people are like well it was kind of slow for five episodes and then it really picked up and and robert rodriguez was like well we're just gonna not do that this time we're just gonna kick you in the nuts with all the boba fett badassery still though the pacing in the show is not frenetic it's it's still no. somewhat ponderous like the there were multiple points for me personally where I was like, oh, that's the end of the episode. And then it went for like another five, six, seven minutes. I was like, oh, great. I'm, I'm great. That's excellent. But yeah. I, I would almost push back on that and say that he is taking more time to set it up, but in a, in a much more, um, I don't know, palatable way, I guess. Like what he, the way okay. that he is doing it makes it feel like it's not slow. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I mean, he literally just spent 40 minutes in the desert, like, which right. is right. great, but it didn't feel slow. It, it and, didn't. And feel it that also it also again, like, even though it was 40 minutes in the desert, there was so much other stuff laid down. The pikes, the train, yeah. the, you know, the Tuscan ceremony, like all that stuff was was grouped into that 40 minutes, which was wonderful and great job. So um, was there anything else that you guys had in your notes? We're getting a little short on time here. Mm. no okay stormtroopers so, are really really bad shots like these dudes are on a moving train and they are just snipe shotting <laughs> these poor tuscans <laughs> on dunes like like so far away stormtroopers can't even hit a dude in the same hallway like a meter away <laughs> so it just really really reestablished for me like what horrible shots stormtroopers are and pikes are wonderful. They're great shots. Holy cow. They get... Well, and how good. But so are the Tuscans. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. They're shooting into the train. Like, yeah, from yeah. I mean, now they had that perfect vantage point from up ahead, but I mean, still, that's not just a cake shot. So, right. 
That was a yeah. great, that was great all the way through. So much fun. Hell yes. So let's move on to our first segment of the week. We got three of them. And this one, let's uh, let's do... He's no good to me dead. He will not be permanently damaged. That's right. This is Boba's Bounty. This is the part of the show where we talk about our favorite new character, droid, or alien from this week's episode. Let's start with Justin. What was your favorite new character for this week? Uh, we we already touched on him earlier, but the Black Kurstan or Kurstan, like yeah, like like I be. said earlier, um, for the people who go it dive a little bit deeper into the canon, you read the comics and you're like, oh, that's gotta be him. But then for the surface, you're like, oh, this is a badass Black Chewbacca. I like him. So just seeing that for the first time in in uh, live action, I'm like, oh fuck yeah, this is cool. And he had an Chip, awesome what- gun. Yeah, he did. Oh my god, <laughs> Chip, what was your? Are you agreeing there? BK was. Uh... I I liked the twins actually. I feel like. I feel like unless I'm mistaken, I remember the twins from novels. Like they were referenced. They're they might around. not have like They're been around. like big important things, but like I feel like I remember those twins being referenced. So like I really liked seeing them. At first, when he was talking about twins, for some reason, I was thinking, like, Bib Fortuna's siblings. So, like, or cousins, mm. for some mm. reason. That's what I was thinking. So, when I saw the Hut twins, I was like, oh, oh, that's so cool. I think as soon as I heard the drums, I was like, oh, Demby Huts. For sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesse, what was your, are the you litter. in agreement with BK? Oh, yeah, the, the total, the litter sinking in. And, yeah, it. That whole thing was wonderful. Um, Jesse, are uh, you in agreement ha- with the BK? I mean, it has to be Black Carsanton. I mean, he he like that. Like I said, dude, like the the unblinking Wookiee with dark hair, just like staring down Boba Fett. Like, there's only so many characters that could go face to face with a guy who has an emotionless helmet for a face and still feel intimidating, right? Um, <laughs> I did make the comment. Maybe this franchise should be called Helmet Wars, um, which they seem to be fine with because, I mean, that that new D-plus logo is just a rotating, you know, logo of helmets. It's really cool. I mean, Mm -hmm. if there's one thing Star Wars has consistently nailed for 30 or 40 years, it's helmet design. I don't know how, (laughs) but they really have. I mean, you can't argue with that. I agree, for sure. So, you know, but that having been said, I, there's no version of me that, you know, yesterday you could have told me there's going to be a new Wookiee and you're going to care. I would have been like, okay, I'll take that bet. Um, (laughs) But now there's a new Wookiee that I really like. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, Especially, you know, as a, I wouldn't call myself a reluctant Boba Fett watcher. I would call myself a not, I'd call myself a lukewarm Star Wars fan. How's that for a pun? Um, (laughs) So I, so I, I'm impressed by the show's ability to give me a character like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and just for the sake of being different, I think my new favorite introduction was the mayor. I love the way that they made him speak, the, the way that he actually communicates in English from whatever language he speaks is super cool. And it's weird. Like it's it's so Star Warsy with the just like with the with the new Wookiee. Like he's the face that kind of opens up in the back and it's got the weird like microphones lodged into him like some that's some real star wars shit right there and 
I thought it was super cool. Like, cause, and you know, the way he talks, he'll, he'll do his little alien language and then, and then it does the English translation, like right. Or the basic translation over it. Um, I, I, I like really it was didn't near like... real time. It was like almost a real time translation, but it was like a word off cause it had to wait for him to start. I really liked that. Right. And it's, it's a cool way of showing that, you know, people actually can translate their language in the universe, probably just more for the rich and powerful that can do it um but i i really did like the mayor i of course bk and the twins like those are all <laughs> wonderful new additions to to the to the lore to the show like it's it's really cool to see these these new characters coming in um so yeah great picks guys let's move on to the next one which is That's right. It's the Sarlacc Killer scene. Um, it's when we pick our favorite scene from this week's episode. Um, I like to go in order, I guess, um, as far as like timestamps go, um, just to kind of go move through the episode. So with that being said, I am first at minute marker. It's 12 minutes and 29 seconds in. Speaking of the twins and everything about that, that whole introduction scene. I love this. You know, we're Actually, talking about... really quickly, Josh, I have to ask. You said that there was no cutesy character in this show, but look at those Gamorreans from behind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Baby You're not wrong, back. bro. You're not wrong. Dude. Dude. I'd like to see them pop, lock, and drop it. Bruh. <laughs> You mean Bulk and Skull? I'm calling yeah, them mercy. Bulk and Skull for the entirety of this <laughs> this series because because those Gamorians remind me of Bulk and Skull. But no, I, I picked this shot because it's just such a sweet like face to face. You know, get that space western vibe of like meeting your enemy in the middle of the street, and you know they've got their crew and you've got your crew, and like it's just a it's a sweet little face off. Um, and not to mention, I mean, the, the dudes that are carrying this litter are struggling, especially the <laughs> ones in the middle. Because, man, that's that's what? A thousand pounds of fat right there? Well, like, the, the litter itself is like buckling. Sinking Under in. the weight. <laughs> I think we even see the guy stumble in this scene. Yeah. yeah. They, they're like sweating from it. It's... It's great. I, I love that introduction to the huts. I love the drums. Like everything about that was. They was really wonderful. gotta hate their job. Yeah, yeah no doubt. <laughs> um, so the next shot actually goes. It's at the 13 minute and 16 second mark, and it is Justin's, and it is this guy right here. Yeah. So that's your first uh, look at uh, BK. Tell us about that shot, Justin. See, all right. For me, being the a comic book reader, to me. Like I saw this, so he doesn't look menacing to to the point where he's like, "Fuck you, Boba Fett, I'll I'll, I'll jack you up." It's like a uh, a mutual respect because back in the yeah. comics, there's a few comics where they actually team up and work together on a bounty or whatever task they're trying to complete. So it's uh, just like a head nod at each other while they're both death staring. Yeah, to me, that's I love what the he impressive says too. part. I love how he's like, you can bring whatever gladiator you would like. I'm still going to beat you. Like, 
What a badass. <laughs> but that's that, what makes yeah. Car Santon imposing to me is because if he knows who he's dealing with and still is just staring at him and not blinking, then we know this dude is a badass. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a uh, a wonderful shot. I feel like Boba's saying that definitely like implies that he knows who that is. Like definitely implies that they have a history or at least knowledge of each other. Yeah. And I mean, you don't use the term gladiator lightly. Well, that's a BK's background. You've never heard that term in Star Wars. You know, it's right, that's, a, that's in, something in that... the movie canon. Sure, sure, okay, fair. That's I fair. like the comics. I'm nerdy. No, it was a great shot, and and it's a wonderful introduction to that character too. Like you, you mm-hmm. can just tell that there's going to be some badass fight later on. So, um, this next shot belongs to Jesse at the 23 minute and 49 second mark. It is this guy. Tell us about this shot. Boba rolls up and he's like, hey, guys, you want to ride space bikes? And I brought you space bikes since you don't have any of your own. It's it's like, I mean, he literally tied a rope to these speeders and drug the speeders back with him to this little this this little town encampment. <clears throat> I got to say, I love the Tuscan tents like that's that's just a, a a small detail but like those ultra low entrances and the super deep triangle sweeping i, I think they're gorgeous and um they're different this... from what we've seen in the past too because in episode two it was all they were like sand huts yeah it was like a dome like thing sort different of thing. tribe like man. igloo it was like a sand yeah igloo. and yeah different tribes to justin's point um yep. but i mean you talk to any star wars fan right which again that's not who i am but they're going to tell you Boba Fett is a pimp. And this is literal proof of that. Look how hard he's leaning while he rolls up. He's got <laughs> <Yeah>. rides <laughs> for everybody. Like, dude's confidence is maxed out. He's got dirt on his shoulder, which he proceeds to brush off. I mean, all of the layers are here. Boba Fett is giving back to the community that has already shown him kindness and, well, maybe not kindness, respect. I was going to say, right? I think, they, I think they Boba him respect. Fett has to earn well, he's right. going to earn everything that he's got right. at this point. But that's why he's giving them the gift is because he's saying, yeah. I respect that you made me earn that. And I can, sh- you know, here I'm showing you that I can be of a benefit to you the way that you have been a benefit to me. So yeah. I I like this. Um, yes, there's probably some problematic, you know, nature with the, the layers of metaphors there going on. But I don't know that Tamora Morrison is, you know, reads as white American. I, I don't think he does. But um I, I still like the story, you know, he's, I, I, I appreciate Zealander. the right. I think it's New Zealand. Yeah. Right. So I, I, I appreciate the story of the outsider being accepted into the culture, you know, um, and I like that Boba is, is, I mean, this, this has such a Mad Max feel to me, I think just because there is so little dialogue and that's probably one of the things that really makes me like it. Um, but yeah, um, Boba Fett rolling up. Hey, you guys want to ride space bikes? That's just cool. <laughs> Yeah, Sincera says he's New Zealander Hawaiian. Then that makes a lot Very of sense. Very cool. There, there I was love a lot of. Uh, I feel like there was a lot of Hawaiian. Um, like, um, what's, what is that out there? Um, in uh, the tribes out there in, in Hawaii, the Polynesian. Yeah, I think no. I think Justin's closer than I will get. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember, but <laughs> but I feel like I've seen dances from 
um, Hawaii oh. that are a lot like the Tuscan Raider. The it was it was kind of cool. <laughs> no, dude, I know what you mean. I know what you're talking about. Dang man, just kind of that general like large uh, gestural thing. I and yes. in the dance in particular, I liked because it seems to fit with what we know about their culture. Right, they have the vocalizations, but they also have the uh, sign language and the you know the motions mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. So I think mm-hmm. it, dance would be hugely important to a culture like that. It was like fire dancing kind of to me, just without the fire on the sticks. There you go. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, but great shot. I, I do love that, him rolling up. I did like, you know, ah, whatever. I like this whole episode. Anyway, last <laughs> shot of the show comes from Chip. And I actually I actually picked this. I picked two shots, um, and this was one of them that I picked. So, you know, I had the other one on backup just in case. But this one comes from the 32 minute and 10 second mark, and it's one of the best ones. Chip, tell us about this shot. Uh, I I just really liked this uh, scene. This is probably one of my favorite moments from the episode. Uh, Things are starting to go awry, and our uh, female Tuscan warrior like swoops up extra fast, crashes onto the side, makes her way in, beats the crap out of three or four dudes. Drags the one guy down, pops up. Hey, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> and right after that, goes and takes out the last two guards. Yeah, Pretty, she's a uh, badass. Yeah. And that it's kind of comical, like how she pops up out of the the little hatch. I feel like when when she drags the guy down and then pops up, and she's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, wait, wrong direction. They're behind me." Okay, you know, and <laughs> and keeps moving backwards to to wreck face. And yeah, it was wonderful. It was awesome fight scene for sure oh that that lock hatch for that um seal looks like half an imperial symbol a little bit i was just thinking that that's uh, mm. that's a good call right there yeah i love that that whole train scene was just phenomenal so excellent pick those picks will all be floating on instagram and facebook and stuff over the next few days leading up to next week's episode if i wanted um, to see those on instagram what account would i follow you would follow at twist my arm podcast oh cool i'll <laughs> go do that right now yes um, those are part of the plugs at the end but thank you for reminding me sometimes <clears throat> i forget um they are in show notes and stuff like that but um it is always good to have it here i do want to before we get into this last segment thanks everyone for hanging out with us in uh, in the live chat sinicera roy um, Jeff, everyone that's that's come along, it's been great to hang out with you guys and talk some Pixie, Star Wars. Mal, we um, had a good crew, a good uh, audience tonight, good live crew. Yeah, tonight. Pixie, Mal, it's, yeah, it's been it's been great. So um, this will be our last segment, and then we'll uh, get on out of here. But this one is. Yes, it is the Tuscan Raider. This is the part of the episode where we rate the episode. Are you shaking your head at me, Chip? <laughs> no, of course not. Of course not. It was good pun work. Well, was... <laughs> Excellent pun Josh, Josh was so was proud, proud of himself. Of he should be. That's good. Yeah, that's really good. Excellent punsmanship. Yeah. Well, just because you're so kind, let's start with you, Chip. What was your rating of this episode? I like it too. Um. I don't know. What do we rate out of 10? 10, yeah. Let's do 10s. Yep. A good solid. Uh, oh God. Like an eight and a half. Okay. Eight and okay. A half. okay. 
Jesse, what about you? I think I might, I, might, I don't know. I think I might go eight. Um, I, I, I like this better than the first episode, um, but I don't necessarily feel that that's fair to say with these kinds of shows that are just pretty much one serialized story. You know, it's like a six hour or what, 10 hour movie or whatever it is. Um, so I don't, I don't know that it's super fair to say the last episode wasn't as good. Um, the last episode was the first part of a 10 part story. So I, unless the whole story is bad, it will be difficult for me to pick out which pieces were not great. Um, but this episode, as far as enjoyment and, and in the moment fun, there was a lot of it. Um, I, like I said, for me to be interested in a new Star Wars character, I feel like takes more than it would for the average viewer, and I, they got me, so I'm I'm glad there. Um, I really love the the music of this series. It's it's mm-hmm. very Mando plus that tribal vocalizations, which I'm I'm really loving that. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, going into this as a as a space western fan in particular, I'm I'm gonna have fun. I think with Boba Fett, um, the the lived in dirty physical nature of star wars is always star wars at its best in my opinion and somehow on a set with a giant 40 foot led screen they've managed to really capture that dirty living dinged in you know lived in dingy feel um so i i'm excited for the next episode and i feel like that means i gotta rate this one high so i'm gonna go eight i I, it's not perfect um there are episodes of train robberies in space westerns that i think are close to perfect but i don't know this one's up there for sure all right justin what about you what are you rating this one Uh, i'm with chip i'm at an eight and a half 8.5 um there's good martial arts or kung fu within the tosh uh tosh station the, like Jesse said, the, the vocalization in the soundtrack was really good the entire episode. Uh, the whole the the train heist, like I loved that whole feel for that. So I I can only looking forward to further Western themes. Like what's next, the uh, bank scene or whatnot. But who who knows? But um, overall, I like so. like oh that'd be cool, right? <laughs> it, it caught like. It, it, it dived into the comic canon, brought back DK. It even like hit the druggy side of me, and I'm like, oh yeah, they're tripping balls on that on that lizard man. <laughs> so like overall, it, it was so enjoyable for me. So eight point five. And you know, I'm I'm gonna rate this one a nine um, because I really I had so much fun watching it. I laughed out loud so much in this, and and giggled, and just had a lot of fun watching all of it. I still think, like I said last week, I still think there's room for perfect episodes. Um, And this was, although it was really good as far as like Star Wars, Space Western, good characters, all that stuff. I still think that there is room for the series to grow and that we'll see much better episodes um, the the more we uh, move on. So that being said, with all those ratings, this uh, this week's episode is rated at an 85%. So it's not bad, not bad for uh, for a quest me rating on on those. Um, let's uh, let's let's get onto some plugs, I think, because because we're at the end of the episode where we got to kind of leave you and 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 go and do our own thing. Um, let's start with Chip. I know you got some some plugs for some things, so uh, let's hear it. Yeah, you definitely uh, check us out on our Marvel canon madness podcast uh we're 
part of the Twist My Arm network as well. You can find us on the same YouTube page. Just, you know, different different thumbnails. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, yeah, we, uh, we try to go like every other Wednesday. Um, it's been kind of tumultuous lately, but, uh, you know. Things have been we'll crazy. Be back. Life has been crazy. Yeah, we got a we got a nice Spider-Man episode up. It's the latest one that we have up. Uh, we're about to drop the first half of the Hawkeye series, and then uh, next time we get together, we're finishing up the Hawkeye series. So, yeah, yeah. And then uh, we're on Instagram and stuff, right? Instagram and Twitter and all that. Yeah, the IG and the Twitter is both just Marvel Canon Mattis. Sweet. Yep. Um, I know that we were, uh, you and I and Roy were talking about maybe switching days, moving around a little bit. New year, new me, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> kind of yeah. kind of doing some things. There's a lot of new stuff coming. Uh, the mm-hmm. the time slot of MCM is not the only thing that's that's new that's coming. And the, the farther along January goes, the more we're going to learn about. We got another new show that may be popping up. Maybe yeah. two more new shows popping up. We got mm-hmm. new website coming out. We got, I mean, there's. There's all sorts of stuff coming down the pipeline, and I know that we're all super excited to share it with you. Jesse, you got some some new stuff. What, tomorrow? Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, if you're listening to this on the podcast version, um, just go subscribe to Sudden. Yeah, go subscribe to Sudden But Inevitable because you're not going to make it. Um, but if you're here with us live, definitely join us live tomorrow night here, same channel, youtube.com slash twistmyarmpodcast, or go to Facebook and look up Twist My Arm Podcast. And we are starting up season three of Sudden But Inevitable. As I mentioned before, Sudden But Inevitable is the show where we introduced Josh to Firefly. He had never seen it before, so he's watching through Mandalorian season one going, this is cool, like, I love space westerns now. And we went, oh, like Firefly. And he went, what's that? So we made a show. And when we got done with that, we had Josh watch Cowboy Bebop, sticking with the space western vibe, in case you can't tell. and. You know, we we pride ourselves on covering really great shows that only lasted one season. For example, Firefly and Cowboy Bebop. And now that the new Cowboy Bebop has only lasted one season, and I am personally devastated, we're going to go ahead and cover womp, womp. it. And we're going to use it as an opportunity to, I don't know, sort of evangelize for the show. <laughs> like, I'm just going to get as many people to watch Cowboy Bebop as I can. So that starts tomorrow, Friday night, 8.30 p.m. Mountain Time. We are going to be joined by our very good friend Robert from the Science Fiction Remnant podcast. If you listen to Sudden But Inevitable, you know him from our episode on Space Sweepers, which is a very cool Korean space western movie that's on Netflix that you can go watch right now. And I gotta say, we're very excited to jump into Cowboy Gospel and Cowboy Bebop on the whole. I can't wait to have Robert back. He's a great guest. We have a lot of fun in our live chat too, so if you enjoyed this tonight, please come watch us tomorrow night. If you'd like to get a little bit more of me in your life, which I kind of doubt, follow me on Twitter at SuddenButt, that's one T. Follow me on Instagram at SuddenButInevitablePodcast, or you can just go to YouTube.com slash TwistMyArmPodcast, as everyone else has said, and you can see all of us all in one place. And the the new website will be up soon. Josh, I do have to say thank you for having me back to Quest Me. It's been a year plus, but man, I think I I think I was reminded tonight why you and I started making podcasts together, man. Absolutely. Um it was so good to to have you back on for sure. And we got to do it again. We got to, you know, later on in the season, we'll get you back. Just like Scar. Big shout out to to Josh from uh Talking yes. Smack podcast cuz 
that was awesome and and he was awesome and talking smack is awesome go find him on on twitter and anywhere you listen to podcasts just talking s-m-a-c smack um they're they're nerdy dudes just like us so um thank you again for coming on thanks jesse thanks chip justin thank you for being my co-host on this wild ride that you is get it. quest me um you are with me every week sir so next week will be a little different i think we got a, another guest lined up for that but um you know i i got some episodes open if if anyone wants to come on the show hit me up on twitter at twist my arm cast or on facebook instagram just search twist my arm podcast and uh, send me a message and we can get you on the show um that's about all i got for today so thank you guys for quest me my name is josh and i'm justin my name is jesse i'm chip we will talk at you next week may the force be with you. Huh!